rest of the month, but we will only be here on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So we just want to welcome you all um, online. We want to welcome you here in person. Amen. We do have some folk here in person, so we want to thank you for coming out. I know it was a rough thing. We hadn't been in revival in a minute. It's been a while, amen? And, and so I just want to say thank you for being diligent. Thank you for your, your faithfulness and coming out night after night. Um, again, just a couple of announcements I do want to share with you. I want you to go ahead and just share the like, um, click the link, um, let your family and friends know that we are in the house, that we are here. The revival is still going on. Um, so go ahead and hit that like button, hit that share, call a friend, call a, a, a cousin, a neighbor. Um, if you're on Facebook, go ahead, type in the chat, YouTube, type in the chat, let us know where you're from. Again, we're just so blessed and honored to be here. Um, I don't see, do we have any first-time visitors? Anyone been here? This is your first time here with us. Amen. No Welcome home. No visitor. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Welcome home. Amen. Uh, it, it's good to see you back in the house again. Um, we will be here again tomorrow. Now, the service tomorrow, we're going to have our regular Sabbath service in the morning, but we'll be here tomorrow evening at 7 o'clock. Amen. So I want you to go ahead and mark your calendars for that. Sister Bev, enough of me talking. I'm ready to do some singing. Praise the Amen. Lord. Amen. Let's go ahead and get some singing done. You can clap your hands, stomp your feet, stand up, shout. Amen. They're going to shout out when we all get to heaven. What a day of rejoicing that will be all together sing the wondrous love of jesus sing his mercy and his praise in the mansion bright and blessed he'll prepare for us a place We'll sing and shout 
get to heaven if that don't stir you up i don't know what will amen that's what we that's why we're here that's why we do what we do amen because we want to be with king jesus i love it down here amen i thank god for his presence i thank god for his touch while i'm down here but my aim and my goal is to be with him in the earth made new oh when we all get to heaven what a day of rejoicing that will be uh, again we just want to welcome each and every one of you out tonight to our revival um, God is truly blessing. We're having a little difficulty with our um, PowerPoint slides, so I know you are viewing online. I hate that you're not going to be able to see it, um, but we're going to work on that. So prayerfully, um, the next couple of weeks, we'll, um, days, not weeks, we want to get this rectified immediately. Amen. Amen. Um, but we want to get this done. Um, but tonight we're going to we're having a little technical difficulty here, but um, we know that God is still going to get the word out. The word is still going to go forward, and I believe you will still be blessed. Amen. Because it's not I, but it is Christ that dwells on the inside. Amen. It is his word, not mine. Um, and so we ask that you would do keep us in prayer um, as we go through this revival. And while we're on the subject of prayer, um, I know that we have family members that have been struggling with health challenges. Amen. Um, and so we definitely want to keep them lifted up in prayer. Um, we want to pray for um, the conditions of the world in which we live. And the topic tonight will be addressing some of those issues. Amen. Um, and so we definitely want to keep the conditions of the world, the things that are going on. Some stuff is out of our control. Um, as we read in here, some stuff is just prophecy um, because of the condition of the heart of man. Um, and so there are some things that are unfolding around us, and we just want to keep each other in prayer. Um, so at this time, um, we just want to take a moment, take a pause for the cause, and let us bow our heads for a word of prayer. Loving Lord, our Father and our God, again, we are so thankful. We're so blessed, we're so privileged, we're so honored um, to be able to come before you on this platform. Now, Father, we take nothing for granted, but in all things we give thanks. For you truly are an amazing God. Without you, we're hopelessly lost. But with you, Father, we're more than conquerors. And so we say, Lord, come. Come now, O oh God. Fellowship with us here tonight. Sup with us, O oh God. Lead us into thy presence. As you come, O oh God, we want to lift up before you our family, our friends that are battling with health challenges. We ask, O oh God, that you will cover each family member. We ask, O oh God, that you will go before them now. Uh, let them know that you have them in the palm of your hand and that you will allow nothing to happen unless you deem it so. Be with us tonight, Father. Be with those that have been coming out night after night, those that are viewing online. I pray, O oh God, that when we leave here, we will not leave here the same. But we will leave here with a newfound love for the things of God. So God, have your way. Do what you do. And we will be ever so mindful to give you the praise, you the honor, and you the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I feel another song coming on. I feel another song coming on. Amen. Oh, how I love Jesus. Do you love him tonight? I said, do you love him tonight? Amen. Sing with us. There is a name I love to hear. Page 248. There is a name I love to hear. I love to sing its word. It sounds like music in my ears. The sweetest name on earth. Oh, how I love.
you going just get you fired up amen we want to welcome everyone here we're going to go ahead and get right into this these 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 messages these sermons have been pretty lengthy these uh um, topics have been have been pretty lengthy and um, i just want to take my time and just go through it um just want to be able to share with you um as much as i can um, because i know that at the end of the day you know um, no matter how much time we spend on it it's still not enough time to spend on it uh, no matter how much we spend on it, no matter how many studies and how much research, you know, God is so awesome. He's so great. He's so powerful. He's so mighty. Um, my little brain can't even begin to unfold or unpack everything about God. Um, but the truth of the matter is he has given us this tidbit um, so that we can understand and know that the life that we live and the life that he has placed in us and on us um, has significant um, power. Amen. Amen. That God has a plan for each and every one of us in here tonight. You who are viewing online, I want you to know that God has something in store for you, that he has a plan for your life. I know sometimes it seems like it doesn't make sense. It seems like life is just not fair. It seems as if things are just not rolling out right. But at the end of the day, we have to understand that there is something greater going on um, behind the scenes. There is something greater happening that eyes can't even see right now. Amen. But the God that we serve, he see it all. He understands it all. He recognizes it all. So that's why we're here tonight, um, because we want to um, be prepared to receive him when he comes. Tonight, um, we just want to deal with the topic of when the veil of Orion is loose now again. Um, there's a lot to this. I'm going to try to get through as much of it as I possibly can. And I'm going to try to behave myself as much as I possibly can. But I'm not going to promise you anything. Amen. Uh, I like to try to teach. I like to try to, you know, dial it down a little bit. And I think I do somewhat all right. Amen. If I must say so myself, not to put myself on any pedestal. But I think every now and again I do all right with teaching. Amen. But then the preacher in me seems to just show up and and then there we go. But this topic here um, is very crucial. Um, it's very important so that we we'll understand the times that we are living in. How many believe that we're living in some very dangerous times? Amen. Amen. How many believe that Jesus could come at any minute now? Amen. That's right. That's right. And so that with that being said, um, let's go to the Old Testament and listen to um, the God as he speaks to us through Isaiah. Father God, in the name of Jesus, again, we thank you so much for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you are about to do in the lives of your children. You are truly an amazing God. Without you, we're hopelessly lost. But with you, we are more than conquerors. Thank you so much for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're about to do in the lives of your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. So let's go back to the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 46, uh, verse 9. There God says, remember the former things of old. I am God and there is none else. He goes on to say that I am God and there is none like me. 
With that being said, there is no other God, no matter where you go, no matter how you search, no matter where you look, no matter what you do, you will never find another God like the God of the universe. For he says, I am God. Now, you know, and it begs the question, why would God have to make that declaration? Why would God have to make it known? Why would, why would God have to tell his creation, I am God? And let's go on in verse 10. He goes on to say, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. Whatever it is that God says he wants to do, he said, I'm going to do my pleasure. Regardless of how you feel, regardless of what you think, regardless of where you are, it doesn't matter. I'm going to do my pleasure. And what God is saying that, uh, uh, because God understands that what he wants for us is better than what we think we want for us. You see, because sometimes we think we know what's best for us. Uh, we think we know exactly what we need, and we live our lives as such. And as we move through this message tonight, we'll understand and realize that when we take that mindset, when we think that we have all the answers, when we think that we know what's best for us, we'll find ourselves in the situation that we're in, a world full of sin and problems and devastation and all kinds of craziness in this world. And so in the Psalms, Psalms, he made a declaration in Psalm 63, uh, verse 1 and 2. There he says, O God, early will I seek thee to see thy power and thy glory as I have, as I have seen it in the sanctuary. So God is wanting to show us many things, many things through his sanctuary. There are some things that God has placed in the sanctuary, some things that, that some, some key things that we overlook and we miss because we're not seeing the big picture. So God is wanting to show us these things because as the psalmist declares in Psalm 77, verse 13, thy way, O Lord, thy way, O God, thy way is revealed even in the sanctuary. The, even in end times, even the times to come, it is all found in God's sanctuary. The first night, I believe it was, we asked a question. Why did God need a sanctuary? That was our topic on the first night. Why did God need a sanctuary? You see, it has to do with the plan of our salvation. God gave us this sanctuary. God gave us this message so that we'll understand the work that is going on in heaven that is played out here on earth. And we find that in the sanctuary, these different symbols. And so the sanctuary is three areas. We have, you have the courtyard, you have the holy place, and then you have the most holy place. Now, most of us in here, we are pretty familiar uh, uh, with this story. Uh, uh, but, but I would like us to dive a little deeper because now we see here in Isaiah 66 verse 1 that the court represents the earth. Now, I love it because as I began to study and I began to realize as Jesus' ministry uh, began to unfold when Jesus stepped out on the stage of life, I began to understand that his ministry pretty much took place on earth in the courtyard in relation to the sanctuary. And so we see here that the, that the, that the, that the court represents this earth and here in heaven is the throne and earth is my footstool, he says. And so God is dwelling a, 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 a place where uh, uh, the, his throne is found in the tabernacle and his footstool is found in the court symbolically. So we're going to look at the court in reference to what is happening on planet earth. And we're going to look at the tabernacle to see where it's going, what is going on in heaven. And then we're going to take a look between them and see what is going on in the starry sky. Notice, so he says that we have this altar of sacrifice. 
I'll, again, I apologize that I don't have uh, my, my, uh, my, my, my slides to uh, lay this out, but we're going to get it, amen? We're going to get it. And so the altar of sacrifice out in the court, this is the first article you see when you come through the gate, and it is purified by fire. It's purified by fire. And then as you move on, uh, uh, then we have the labor between the altar of sacrifice and the front door of the tabernacle. And this is purified by water. So you have fire and you have water. The articles do not purify. It is the elements in them, the fire and the water, that's what purifies us. You see, purification is accomplished uh, um, through the elements within the articles. So let's look at the articles in the court and then the prophetic message of its elements. Because there is a message there. The altar of sacrifice in the court has a prophetic message that fire comes from God for purification. And the labor in the court has a prophetic message that, uh, that, 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 that there is a, a water without boundaries and it too accomplishes purification. Now I want you to hold on to that idea or that thought of water without boundaries. Because God gave specific instructions. In Leviticus 16.6, he was talking about the altar of sacrifice. Aaron shall offer his sin offering for himself and make an atonement. Atonement simply means one with God or at one meant. So Aaron was, was required to sacrifice to become one with God because if Aaron had entered into the holy place without first of all being purified, that would have meant death for Aaron. And so it's talking here that God is speaking that Aaron is going to have to do some purification, being prepared to enter into the presence of God, which number one, we have to understand that we come to God and while the Bible says come as you are but there are some things that we have to understand I can't come any kind of way to God I have to understand that he is a consuming fire and when God gives instructions it behooves us to follow those instructions and so God gives Aaron these instructions before entering the presence of God that there had to be this purification by fire. And that fire was sent from God. And as we read in Leviticus 10, verse 6, the burning which the Lord had kindled. So again, that's the prophecy of fire being sent by God upon the earth. It came to the court, and that court represents the earth. God is very specific. God is very intentional about what is going on in heaven as well as on earth. So now let's look at an example, a biblically example of fire being sent by God. You know the story of Elijah, amen, uh, 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 on, on Mount Carmel where he built an altar. And in fact, there were two altars built because there was a testing going on. And so who's God to see who God uh, is to be worshipped? Would it be Baal or would it be the God of the creator? And, and, and notice what it said in 1 Kings chapter 18. Elijah prays and the fire of the Lord fell and consumed everything. Licked it up, cleaned it up, everything. That's speaking about fire coming down from God out of heaven. And it consumed everything. Everything, everything that was in its path, God sucked it up. Next, next, next is this labor. Now, I love it because uh, uh, the, the labor, you know, is very powerful. It, 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 it really uh, uh, breaks down exactly what is going on. Uh, uh, the labor, it was made out of two sizes. In other words, the And it is also interesting that they have no wood 
in their construction. Everything else has wood. It was brass or silver or wood or it was gold over wood. But there are two articles. One is the labor in the port with no time given, and the other one is the golden candlestick in the holy place. And again, no size was given to it. Now, in the prophetic terms, and the labor is prophesied of water without boundaries. Remember, I said earlier, I want you to remember the water without boundaries because we have to understand that God gave specific instructions. Even then, He said there would, would be water without boundaries. So here we see that again, water as a fire has to do with purification. Water and fire has to do with purification. So it says in Exodus chapter 30, verse 19. And the labor Aaron and his son. Amen. Thank you. It's out. Oh. Amen. I didn't know. <laughs> I couldn't tell. Could you? But you online. I apologize. I didn't know it was out. They probably said he left, but I'm still here. And so the labor Aaron, uh, 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 God had told him that his sons shall wash their hands and their feet. Now, I had a picture of it because oftentimes when we see, when we see the labor, we see a big bowl. Uh, 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 but, 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 but we understand that they were to not wash in the bowl, but they were washed at the bowl. In other words, the water was to be used to wash their hands and their feet. And the water would, there was like a little spigot on it where the water would flow out of it for them to wash their hands. They were to wash at and turn in the Bible. Uh, uh, wash here, uh, uh, wash their hands and their feet throughout. And, and so they washed at the labor. There is no biblical description given, but it is quite obvious from the, wonder, from the wording that there was some kind of release valve that they would use. Now, the thought of, 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 of washing the, at this labor... Uh, 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 which symbolizes this purification, being purified. We're still in the outer court. We're still in the courtyard. All of this is happening in the courtyard. If they were to try to go in, as I mentioned earlier, without being purified, they would die. Which means that you have to be mindful and to be careful how we come to God. Sometimes we treat God like the buddy that we want him to be. And sometimes we, we talk of God as if he's just a casual uh, a person uh, that's living down the street. And there is no holiness to God. There is no reverence to God. There is no awe in God anymore. We have come a long way. And so God tells them they could not make it inside the tabernacle at all. So this is critically important for folks to understand that at the labor, it was for purification and to, and, and to bypass that was instant death. And so God understood that. God set this plan up. God told us that he, we, there were some steps that we had to take moving forward. And so if this is the second apartment, then there are two. And, and then that the holy place or the, or the holy place would be the first apartment and the most holy place would be the second apartment. And each one of them had veils at their entrance. And so we see that one at the front door, which was red, blue, and purple, and we see that at the, the veil between the holy and the most holy is also red, blue, and purple with a golden angels at the bottom. And we understand that when Jesus died on the cross, the Bible says that the curtain in the temple was torn from top to bottom. And I want to make it very clear that it wasn't the first door it was the second door it wasn't the door coming into the holy place that was torn from top to bottom but it was the door leading to the most holy that was torn from top to bottom and so no more sacrificing that's why we don't see it today that's why we don't see lambs being slain today that's why we don't see any of that going on today 
And so he is trying to tell us uh, that he is now ministering in the most holy place. It didn't, and, 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 and don't let someone, uh, you know, come along and, 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 and cause you to take Jesus out of the most holy and, and put him back in the holy as if that's not important. You see, when Jesus ascended, and we read this on yesterday, uh, when Jesus ascended into the heavens, he went from the, the, um, from the courtyard to the holy place. And then in 1844, when you look at Daniel and Revelation, when you do the story, the 2300 day prophecy, which we're not going to get into, but just take my word, trust me on this. Or better yet, do your research yourself. I don't want to say trust me. No, uh. If you start trusting preachers, then you, it, 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 it just take away from you doing the search for yourself. You go ahead and you read Daniel and Revelation, and you do the research, you do the study, and you will, and you will, and you will see very clear that when Jesus ascended, he went from the um, the courtyard to the holy place, and in 1844, he went from the holy place to the most holy place. So as in the sanctuary service, so is the earth. Preparation to enter the presence of God was made in the court. This earth is represented by the court. There is no court in the heavenly sanctuary. There is no death nor dying in heaven. And there we read in, the, in, in, in Psalms 18:12 that at the brightness that was before him passed hailstones and coals of fire. So here we see that before God is hailstone, water, coal, and fire, fire and water, and fire articles of purification. And then John 13. Jesus says to his disciples, now I tell you before it comes that when it comes to pass, you may believe that I am he. And so he is telling us prophecy is to be established before him. And he is saying that there are the things that are going to happen. There are some symbols that, that, would, that would tell you where you that, that these things are going to happen. They were written many, many years, thousands of years before it took place. And so Luke 17 Jesus is foretelling his second coming by referring to the two ancient events that had their prophecies established in the sanctuary. The first one, as it was in the days of Noah. He begins to lay this out, meaning Noah uh, I'll be right at the, uh, uh, when the flood came. Now, in the, it's interesting that in the court of the sanctuary, the priest always went to the lever first he went to the labor washed animal parts take them take the animal to the altar of sacrifice then he would come back and wash his hands and feet and, and feet before he began to minister in the holy place there were some things that he had to do in the courtyard. And just like in the days of Noah, Jesus is giving the disciples the instruction. He's letting them know that just like in the days of Noah, and we know what happened in the days of Noah, there were some things that they had to, that, that had to take place because of the sins of the world. Because every heart, every thought, every imagination of man was evil continually. God had to wipe them out. And in the sanctuary, we see that this purification has to take place. And when we look at in the days of Noah, Jesus is simply saying that this is a purification process. We understand it even in Noah. I mean, and I'm, and I'm, and, and I'm Moses. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, I'm Moses with the children of Israel as they went through the Red Sea, a, a, a form of baptism, a form of purification. This is something that is symbolic. This is something that we have to understand that even when we look in the world in which we live in, that all the stuff that is going on, it is showing us that God is purifying this world. He's getting us ready for something. All of this stuff that is happening is not happening by accident. Follow me now, because I want us to understand that when we talk about the borders of these waters, remember, stay there. 
And so God is letting us know as in the days of Noah. He also goes on and he talks about uh, 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 this water, uh, uh, the cleansing, number one, by water. And it says that so shall, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be in Luke 17. Just like that. There is going to be purification by water. That's the prophecy. There will not be a a global flood, but that does not mean that the waters will not pass their boundaries as we shall see. Because God set it up. He said the waters will, they're supposed to be boundaries. But because of the sins of the world, because of the condition of the hearts of men, This is going back to Jesus' prophecy in Luke. Likewise, he also says it was in the days of Lot. It remained, it it, it rained down fire and brimstone from heaven and it destroyed them all. Why? Because of the condition of the heart of the people. And you know how the story goes, the conversation, if I can find 50, if I can find 40, can I just get 10? Can we look through tabernacle of praise? Can we get 10 faithful? Can we get five faithful? There is a reason why God is laying this out to us and showing us because we have to understand that there is that there is great implications when we disobey the commands of God. It was water then. Next time it now was fire. Reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and, 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 and perdition of ungodly men. So God is trying to tell us prophetically that fire and water are his agents of purification. Now concerning floods, God told Jeremiah, he recorded it in chapter 5, verse 22, Fear ye not, saith the Lord. Which has placed a sand for the bound of the sea. There were boundaries set. God said, I'm putting the sand there to keep the water at bay. By the, per, by, by, by the perpetual decree, perpetual simply meaning on, uh, ongoing, that, that, that is the water cannot pass the sand. You wonder, you know, we're talking about the world is, you know, spinning on its axis. The reason why the waves come in and the waves go back out. Let me explain something to you. The reason why the waves don't come and take us over is because God has set some things in place. But we also have to understand that the condition of man's heart is also deteriorating the world in which we live in, uh, uh, which is also breaking down uh, uh, some things that God has set up. That's why God said, I'm going to have to take my hand back. I'm going to have to just, I'm going to have to step back. Because the only way that I will be able to save mankind is to send him through the flood, send him through the fire, and let the destruction come. And so God set it up. God said uh, 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 that, 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 that the waters without boundaries. Well, there is something we need to understand in all of this. And that is, it is found in um, 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 Hebrews chapter 10, that all of God's promises and threatenings alike are conditional. In other words, Paul is quoted as saying, uh, for ye have need of patience that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. After you have done the will of God, that ye might receive the promise. So there it is. It is conditioned to receiving the promise. There are conditions if you do the will of God. It's not a thing where, oh, God loves everybody, so therefore everybody is going to be saved. And we have that popular thinking and teaching in the world in which we live in that because God is a God of love, he just loves and everybody's just going to make it and we can do what we want, when we want, how we want, live how we want, talk how we want, sleep with who we want, eat what we want and do whatever we want to do and it's going to be okay. I just want to just share with you, my brothers and sisters, that it's not going to be okay. It's not okay. 
God set things up for a reason. God set things up to help us, not to harm us. There are times when God have to step in and remove stuff. So some things are conditioned on receiving the promise. There was a condition uh, uh, to the waters being held within its boundaries. And in Jeremiah 5, as I said, uh, God said, your iniquities, your sins have turned away these things. Everything is different now. Your sinning has made these things different and your sins have, have withheld good things from you. Your sins. There are some things that God has set in place that are supposed to help us, that's supposed to help you, that's supposed to help me. But because of the sins that have so easily beset us, he said it has been removed from you. I can't trust you with it. That's what we learned on night one. That's why God had to usher Adam and Eve out the garden because their sins has now got in the way. If they had to stayed in there, they would have partaken of the tree of life and they would have forever been in their sins. And so God set these boundaries up, but because of sin, it has now prohibited us of some things that God had for us. Your sins have withheld held good things from you. And one of the good things that was the boundaries by which the waters could not overpass. And now we see that the waters are not just staying in the oceans. The waters are not just staying in the sea. The water is not just staying in lakes. Now we have Katrinas and we have tsunamis and we have all of these things. The waters are not staying in their borders now because of the sins of the world. That's why we have this big global warming issue going on. We're trying to fight global warming, but we're going about it all in all the wrong ways. The way you deal with global warming is you deal with the sin. God has set this thing up. It's not I, but it is Christ who has set this thing up. So he goes on to say here, he said, God says, shall I not visit these things for your sins, said the Lord? Shall not my soul be avenged on such a nation as this? So he is asking them, you mean that you want me to go, that, 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 that you want to go on sinning? You want to go on living your life the way you're living it, and you're telling me that you don't want me to do anything? I'm just supposed to stand by and let this happen shall not my soul be avenged on which a nation as this wicked nation and so it is today God said I can't just stand by and let it happen I can't just stand by and let this thing unfold for every action there is a reaction and when we do stuff we have to understand that it will come back on us Amen. God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the man's thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. That was the that was brought on. Uh, that's that's what brought on the flood. And that's what's going to bring on the problems in the end. Our sinful nature. Because we refuse to turn away from those things that have easily beset us. We've gotten comfortable. We've gotten comfortable in living a life that is not pleasing to God. We don't even see it as a problem anymore. We live in a world and in a life now where we make excuses. Oh, God is okay with that. God, God, God go, oh, God will forgive me for that. And we have to understand that while God is a forgiving God, he's also a God of judgment. And see, that's one of the things that, 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 that the world wants you to bypass. The world wants you to jump over the judgment. But let me explain something to you. You can't get by God. Oh, no, 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 no. You can't get by God. So today we see an effect of purification by water. We see that the things are happening, that waters no longer have boundaries. We see them in, like I said, we see them in, in hurricanes. We see them in tornadoes. We see them all over the nation, all over the world. All kind, even as I'm speaking right now, hurricanes are on the horizon. Tsunamis are on the horizon. And it's because of the sins of this world.
There is a reason why he said it. He says, I'm taking these boundaries away because of your sins. And over there in, the, in that area, uh, uh, God says, I see it, I know, but I'm taking my boundaries away because of the sins of this world. And if I don't take it away, you will continue on in your mess. And I want us to understand, my brothers and sisters, that God did not set it up that way. It was never God's intention for us to live a sinful life. And so, in fact, we need to understand that what marvels God uh, in Hebrews, uh, we see that, 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 that God uh, understands that with Moses and with Abraham and with all of the prophets, God said, listen, I'm giving you a heads up. I'm showing you, uh, even by way of my sanctuary, I'm showing you for Psalms 19.1, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. And that, work handy, and that word handiwork, we must understand clearly, it means something that is made. It means something with power. But it also means something causing emotional and or physical suffering. Something that will cause terror and fear. Some handiwork is not like a, a, uh, a, a, a doily or, 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 or crocheting. It, it, it is not like making a little piece of furniture or, 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 or carving. No, this is something that God has made, that God made that has power and will bring emotional and physical suffering. His handiwork. It, if, if, if they escape not nor refuse him that spoke on earth, that is the speaking about Moses. You remember God gave them Moses to understand. God gave us a, a, a Jesus to understand. And the truth, you know, it, it is so, you know, you know, I don't want to sound self-righteous. Uh, uh, but 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 it really it really blows my mind uh, how, how, how we just walk away from God. It really does. Now, and I'm saying that with the, with, the, with the understanding that I, too, at one point, walked away from God. So, so, so I'm not saying it as a self-righteous person. Now that I'm on the other side, now that I see, now that I recognize what God was trying to do. See, I didn't understand it back then. I didn't know what he was up to back then. It didn't make sense what God was trying to do back then. But now I recognize, now I see that God was really saving me. That he was really keeping me from some stuff. And that stuff wasn't bad stuff. It was stuff that was for my own good. And God said, I'm just trying to give you a better life. I'm just trying to give you the right life. I'm trying to place you in the, in, in, in the context that will help you become great. And so God had his handiwork. God knew exactly what needed to take place. God knew exactly what needed to happen. And so God set us up with this sanctuary to give us an idea of what was taking place in heaven. How God is saving you and how God is going to save myself and how God is, is, is going to win back this world. Because we have to understand, my brothers and sisters, that it's not about us, but it's about him. It's about his character because now we didn't we didn't go back to the war in heaven. We kind of touched on it at the on the on the front end, but we didn't go into it uh, uh, because what is at stake here is the character of God. And God entrusts his character with you so much that he said, I'm going to even lay my life down and give you power. I'm talking about Holy Ghost power, power to walk right, power to talk right, power to live right, power to do whatever it is that you need to do to be successful in this world. I'm going to give it to you. But oh, how we walk away from the very thing that God has given us to help us become more like him. Now, I like to use the word great. I like to use the word awesome. And I don't like just using it to describe God, but I believe God don't have a problem with me using it to describe us. Because you are fearfully and wonderfully made. So why not attach the word awesome on that? 
God said you were created in such a way that is, that is, that is, that is unlike any of my creation, any of, of, of my other being. You are special. You, I died for you. So why can't I look at you and call you amazing? Why can't I look at you and call you special? Because God sees you as someone worth dying for. God sees you in a whole different context. And so, things are getting serious. It's Jeremiah 50, 22, it says that the Lord had opened his armory. And when you think of the term armory, uh, you picture in your mind the National Guard armory. Uh, uh, that's where equipment of warfare lies. Uh, that, that, it, 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 it's in the armory uh, uh, where God is now getting ready to, to, to break out some destruction. Uh, that's where uh, uh, God is now getting ready for battle. And so it is with God that, that, that that's why he uses that term. But note, he says he has opened his armory and had brought forth the weapons of his indignation. Jeremiah is very clear in, in chapter 50 that God is not plain, that God means business. And I love talking about the God of love and the, the God, this kind God that, that, you know, will wipe every tear away and this kind God. But we have to understand that he's also a God of judgment. That he's also a God that would deal with your sins. He's also a God that understands the pain that sin has brought on his creation. And I said it before and I'll say it again. You can't out hurt God. You can't outcry God. You can't outmove God. You can't out outfix God. You can't outdetermine God. You can't outposition God. For what God has done, it goes beyond our imagination. It goes far beyond our thinking. We can't even comprehend. But yet we get to a place in our walk where we look at God as if he's just a nobody. And we continue with business as usual. We still hold on to anger. I might need to step up off the floor because I'm about to step on my own toes. We still hold on to hatred. There is still a race problem in the world today. We still don't want to own up to our own faults. It's so easy to look to somebody else. That, that, that whole blame game that took place in the garden is taking place in 2021. We still look to the other person as the reason why. And it's never me. It's never us. And God is saying the only way that I'm going to be able to save you, I'm going to have to purify this world. And that means somebody's going to have to die. And we look at all of these tsunamis and all of these tornadoes and all of e e even with this COVID-19 and all of all the lives that was taken as a result of this disease. We have to understand that God was working behind the scene. I talked about it on the other day with Moses when he was a babe placed in the basket because a decree went out to kill every child of two years of age and under trying to stop something that was, uh, that was inevitable. How can you stop the inevitable? It was already ordained, but yet all of those babies died. COVID, all of those lives were lost. But yet what God sees, he sees something different. He sees something beyond what we see, but yet we allow COVID to stop us dead in our tracks and we're missing what God is really doing. We can't see what's happening in the world because we have been struck with fear. 
And God is saying, wait a minute, don't even, I have control even over fear. God said, I tell fear when to be afraid. But we have allowed the circumstances of the world in which we live in dictate our relationship with God. And we make excuses that it's okay to do this and it's okay to do that. Oh, oh, yeah, uh, it's all right. God will understand. Let me explain something to you, family. God is serious about God's business. And it's not our place to come along and change what God has set up. There is a reason. And so God said these tsunamis, these hurricanes, these floods, all of these things is a result of the sins of this world. And the only way that we're going to fix it, the only way we're going to be able to fight COVID is dealing with the sins of this world and starting with ourselves. I start with me first. I ask God to purify me. Cleanse me, God. Cover me. Don't, I don't want nothing to hinder me from being what you have called me to be. I don't want to let nothing come on the scene that's going to dictate my relationship with you. Because the truth of the matter is, God see everything. God see everything. He know exactly what's going on in the world in which we live in. Well, <laughs> uh, what could that be? You know, when we look at what God is, what God is doing and how God is, is, is leading us and how God is guiding us and how God is directing us, uh, uh, God know exactly what needs to happen in the world in which we're living in. And sometimes there are some difficult choices that need to be made. There are some things that have to happen. Something had to die. And every purification, when you brought, when looking at the sanctuary, when they brought the animal uh, to the sanctuary, something had to die. Something had to die. And we understand and know that these animals that they brought to the, to the sanctuary represented our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, which eventually we'll get to the point to where now we don't have to sacrifice anymore. Praise God. Because we had gotten so out of control where we had turned God's house into a den of thieves. A place where individuals were supposed to come and worship. A place where individuals were supposed to come and have prayer have now turned into a den of thieves. Selling. Buying. And I'm not just talking Louis Vuitton either. They were selling animals and whatever they could. But God understood so let me move on here. Let me move on here. Uh, 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 because sin, because of sin, there are many fragments out in the world. In other words, the scientists study uh, the second law of thermodynamics. Uh, 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 it showed that when you uh, recede from uh, what you see in the fragments in space today, it is a point of origin that the universe becomes more orderly. In other words, there are not these fragments out there. But as a result of the sin, we see them. They break off and they begin to fly and they enter into our field of gravity around planet Earth. And of course, they're heading towards the sun. And you didn't get that. Every time you sin, you don't see it, but the atmosphere shifts. Stuff breaks down. Why is it that when Adam and Eve, and see, I, I stay in the garden. I understand uh, uh, that in the garden, it, it, it makes perfectly sense to me that when Adam and Eve bit the fruit, the Bible says their eyes were open. So now they're seeing some things that previously they couldn't see. Likewise, as a result of sin, there are some things that are unfolding that you don't see. You don't see the destruction 
when you're smoking and when you're drinking. You don't see the hurt that it causes on individuals when you're cheating on your spouses. You don't see the dynamics that's unfolding in a world that is crumbling. You don't see it. Oh, it feels good. It tastes good. But it's not good. Because just like when Adam and Eve bit the fruit, they began to see now the trees are dying. There was a shift. Now the lion that once played with the bear yesterday is now trying to eat each other on today. The nature shifted. Elements shifted. Things began to die. That's why we don't get as tall as we used to. And we don't live as long as we used to because the body has shifted. And God's saying, I understand. I see that. So there are these dynamics that are taking place. Here is a picture of, well, I didn't put that up there. I had it in my notes, but I don't have it on the sleeves. Let me just jump over that. I've been jumping over stuff all night. Praise God. But we understand that as I, as, I, as, I, as I bring this to a close, that God understands exactly what we need before we're in need of it. That our planet is deteriorating from the inside out. That the sins that we have committed, that's why Jesus' ministry was only three and a half years. But we know he lived 33 and a half years. Now, could you imagine what kind of work Jesus could have done if he was able to minister for 33 years versus three and a half? Sin was so, it was so bad that Jesus said, listen, I'm going to have to dump all of this on you. I'm going to have to pour it all on you right now because I have to go away. That's what he said. He said, it's a, he said it's, I need to go away because if I don't go away, the comforter can't come. Because it's when the comforter comes, that's when he's going to lead you into all truth. But I got to leave. If I stay any longer, I'm liable to just end it all right here, right now. Because even in his crucifying, even in his crucifixion, everyone ran out on him. Even his disciples. The one that claimed to love him so much. The one that vowed, I will never leave you, Jesus. Ran out. But now Jesus, he sees our world in which we're living and he gives us the sanctuary so that we can take note. That he is soon to come. And just like he entered into the most, the most holy, he's getting up off the throne. And he's about to come out. And it's not to repeat it again. But this time when he comes out, he's coming with his reward in his hand. And I don't know about you, but I want to be ready to receive my reward. There may be somebody here tonight. There may be somebody here tonight that... You haven't accepted Christ. You haven't made your calling an election. Sure, I'd like to just go ahead and, and give you that opportunity right now to, to just come on and get your life right with Christ. There may be somebody online. I will ask you to go to our website. Amen? And I want you to email us. Let us know so we can reach out to you, even connect you to a church in your city, wherever you may be viewing from. We want to make sure that you are connected with our Savior. Because one day he is soon to return. Father God, again, we thank you so much for what has transpired in this here sanctuary tonight. We thank you, Father, for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're about to do. We give you all praise. We give you all honor. We give you all glory. And as you have shown us in thy sanctuary um, how this world is crumbling and how even then, Father God, you were purifying us and preparing us for that day when you purify us again. It's going to rain down fire. It's going to rain. But, Father, we want to be in the earth made new. We don't want to be in that second resurrection. We want to be in the first. So, Father, cleanse us and keep us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Let the people of God say amen and amen again. Let's put our hands together and worship the Lord in his house. Amen.
Amen. If you desire to leave a gift, a love offering, we have our deacon at the door. You can drop that off to him. But again, we want to thank you for coming out tonight. We'll be here tomorrow at 11 for our divine worship service. And then again at 7 o'clock p.m. um, where we'll continue with our revival. Again, we want to thank you all. And we pray that you have a blessed rest of the evening. God bless you and have a good night.